Hello again, everybody. This is James Bartley, and you're watching and listening to the Cosmic Switchboard Show. And you're looking at my two very dear friends, Mary Ann Fisher and Craig Bowers. And we have a lot to discuss today. First, I want to plug my upcoming lecture. It's going to be in Las Vegas, Saturday, July 30th, um, at the Beacon Center, which is 4505 West Hacienda Avenue, Suite G, as in Gulf, 2. Las Vegas, Nevada, 89118. And you can find more, more information about this on thecosmicswitchboard.com. Uh, seating is limited. There's only 50 uh, attendees. We will be live streaming. So go to thecosmicswitchboard.com to find out more details. Once again, I'm going to be giving a lecture at the Beacon Center in Las Vegas, uh, Saturday, July 30th just around the corner, from 12.30 p.m. to 3.30 p.m., the Beacon Center, 4505 West Hacienda Avenue, uh, Suite G is in Gulf 2, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89118. So uh, without any further ado, uh, Marianne Fisher, Craig Bowers, welcome to the Cosmic Switchboard Show. Hey, all right. Hi, James. Good to be here. Good for you to be here with us. (laughs) Yes, and uh, you know, for our, our viewers out there who might be mystified by that <laughs> by that statement, I am visiting <laughs> my dear friends here. I, I'm in America. I'm here to visit family, so I took the opportunity to visit my family also, uh, Mary Ann and Craig, and we've we've been talking about all kinds of things. We've had a lot of uh, time to make up as far as catching up, as far as sharing information is concerned, uh, and. You know, before I go any further, thank you so much. You've been gracious host. I've I've really enjoyed my time here, and I'm looking forward to the time that we'll we'll share together going forward. Now, we're just glad you're out here visiting, and it's been a, a pretty awesome experience. And uh, you know, meeting Anne in real life finally is really cool too. She's excited about that, and uh, it's just fun to see uh, all of the new things that we're uh, we're able to finally catch up on and talk about, and all the things we can plan and. Uh, look forward to together like in real life yes the the things that we're able to share privately which we can't necessarily share over unencrypted communications you know what i mean we can share all the stuff and catch up on all the stuff that's gone on with us of of a phenomenal nature as well as uh geopolitical nature uh marianne your book is out now. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's been published, and I'm really looking forward to hearing you talk more about that. Uh, can you talk a bit about your book and uh, what it's about? And if you have it handy, uh, could you show the, the viewing audience? Oh, sure. Well, I actually wrote the book a couple of years ago, but now it's been published, and you can get it in print form. It's the Self-Mastery Guidebook, A Practical Approach to Progressive Co-Creation. And you can get it on Amazon, and uh, soon it will be available on other uh, through other distributors as well. But it's already on Amazon. And I wrote the original version right, basically right before the whole COVID fiasco, without knowing that that was coming. But I just felt this intense pressure to get this done. I did not have any visions. I didn't know anything was coming. But it basically took over in the middle of my work. And it's like, how am I supposed to do this? It was just an intuitive thing. And I knew at some point I would probably write a book. But the timing was, to say the least, very challenging. 
and uh, tricky to do. And there was all sorts of setbacks along the way, uh, some interference. I won't get into all that right now. But um, anyway, um, what's available now is there's been a, a ton of revisions, stuff added, some stuff fine-tuned. Even since you got the original version, a lot of stuff has been updated. Um, and it basically is full of various narratives and theories and impressions that have come to me over the years about what's really going on, how we got as a human, as a race, to the unfolding as it is, who and what's behind it, what's driving it, and what we can do to counterpoise it in our day-to-day -day lives. And it does focus primarily at the uh, I would say the interdensity dimensional, you know, the alien usurpers and the soul level, because that is the foundational level. Um, it's, it shows people exactly how to address this issue, this critical point during the time of transition of our current consciousness and evolution cycle into the next cycle, which coincides with a number of astronomical cycles and this has been going on since the beginning of time in this universe these cycles and they're written about in every culture and every um, esoteric and exoteric religion there's a hopi indians speak to this uh the south american tribe spoke to this Every main religion, like I said, speaks to this, these cycles that humanity has gone through. And they're referred to as basically, this is my translation in a nutshell, consciousness evolutionary cycles. However, what's been happening since the usurpation of this planet by multiple other species and races has been nothing but a devolutionary cycle. This is addressed in the... Um, the Hindu religion, the uh, the Yuga cycles, um, they express most accurately. I disagree with some of their writings and teachings, but that's another good parallel that addresses these epochs. Anyway, um, it's a compilation of, or I should say really an amalgamation of theses and narratives as to how we got here, what we can do about it, what's really going on. And it's shocking to some people who aren't familiar with my work or perhaps even your work, but uh, kind of an amalgamation of events that I sort of merged into one major event that triggered this whole series of unfoldments that have led us to where we are now and how critical the situation is and how critical it is to address this from every layer of being. Um, the highest layer being the soul, divinity, source layer of being, your true essence. Interdimensional level, which encompasses entities and beings that function some through this realm and some outside this realm. But addressing it at that level, and then the energetic, you know, we are energy beings. Addressing it at that level, our energetic centers in our body, and then the physical layer. But uh, most of my work is centers around the two higher layers, primarily the soul level. And what people need to start doing now 
uh, to start addressing this. If you haven't already been on this journey, and I'm sure many of your listeners are, but it's time to really double down in our efforts. And uh, the book would be a great benefit to many of you who are kind of looking for more resources and practical approaches to addressing this problem. Well, we talked prior to the show about the limitations of, of certain podcasters, truthers, uh, investigators, yeah. etc. And this notion, this persistent notion, which I believe in itself is a result of uh, reptilian alien manipulation, mind control, even a genetic uh, dumbing down, if you will. This notion that it's strictly humans that are behind this. It's strictly power-mad bankers. It's strictly uh, people essentially no different than you and I, but you know, at least based on outward appearances, but really there are vast differences as far as comportment of behavior, uh, characteristics, uh, idiosyncrasies, et cetera, et cetera. Where we're dealing with a predatory species in the guise of human beings. Hybrid, hybridized, largely reptilian, but other races and species uh, and races as well that have, just like in the the uh, the books, uh, the ancient texts of the olden days uh, describe, it's exactly what had happened, where we had this long-standing uh, genetic manipulation of the human race, and the, this genetic manipulation resulted in a hybrid race of what I call hybrid plantation managers, and. What they've done is they've created a society, a civilization, a variant of the human race, if you will, uh, in their own image. In fact, all of the pathologies, all of the behaviors, the vulgarity, the violence, the sadism, etc., has been, continues to be normalized within the human race through the, their control of the media, control of Hollywood, have you. Uh, Hollywood and what have you. And the point about the limitations is key because a truth seeker is looking for information. I think one of the key problems, Marianne and Craig, is an over-reliance on left-brained, materialistic, reductionist thinking. Thinking is too slow. When one has an open heart center and one has the ability to tune into an environment, there's a lag between trying to process what it is we're feeling and what our own body, our energy bodies, our various energy bodies are telling us, right? In a combat situation, for example, if we stop in a a combat zone and try to analyze every internal warning that we receive, sooner or later we're going to get shot or something is going to happen. What I would like to see is people that are on the journey and seeking truth, when they come across these truthers and podcasters that have these limitations and they present themselves as being the experts. And we've seen various types of psyops and disinformation that has been passed on as being the truth, be it the flat earth, nuclear weapons don't exist, aliens don't exist, uh, the corollary to the flat earth is satellites don't exist. Uh, e- everything uh, around that is just—it's like a one-size-fits-all, one-stop shop. With a lot of these people, they create these uh, these memes, and what it does is it tends to for those people who lack the self-worth or determination to find out more. 
it tends to stall out certain people because there's this inhibiting, self-inhibiting kind of uh, almost uh, like ridicule factor where, where they stop themselves from progressing any further. Uh, how would you address that, the, the both of you? How, how uh, especially those who have had experiences, because those who've had our kinds of experiences with ETs, hyperdimensionals, cryptids, what have you, this, those subjects are not addressed by the, the surface-level researcher crowd. And yet many people like us who've had these experiences go to these surface-level types and seek information, which to me seems to be regressive and retrogressive. I'd like your thoughts on that. Craig, you want to start? Uh, well, where do I begin with <laughs> all of that? Um, I guess maybe, maybe talking about from my own perspective and the experiences I've had, I'm at a point right now where, uh, you know, I've kept a lot of stuff secret over the years. Um, ever since I, I kind of awakened to a lot of things happening in my life, in my world, when I was uh, about 20 years old and, uh, and just having wicked, crazy memories about everything that I'd been through and all of the things that, uh, were happening along the way, you know, into my twenties, into my thirties. And, uh, you know, I did shut out, shut out everything for about maybe 15 years. I kind of stepped away from it all. It was getting to be too much. And I had, uh, I was trying to live life and that just, that was difficult. There was nothing but struggle outside of that. And, uh, like I said before, getting back into, you know, who I am and what I'm aware of and, and about me and everything I've been through, and reawakening all of that has been pretty important. And now I'm not keeping it secret so much. Um, you know, there, there's people out there that will call every one of us crazy, and I don't care. And uh, and I know what I've seen. People want to tell me there's no such thing as lizard men. Um, I've seen them uh, more than once. I've seen a couple of different kinds, which is disconcerting. You think there's just one, and then suddenly you're like, whoa, that's similar but different. And I've had, um, you know, I was Uber driving uh, for about a year when I first moved out here. And one of my passengers, I dropped him off at his house way out in the country here, just like south of Camden. And uh, that's that's kind of the Scape Or area. And people had reports of Lizard Man from Scape Or down there for centuries, literally. The Indians used to talk mm-hmm. about the Lizard Man. It's just, yeah, it sounds like myth and whatever. Uh, this fellow one time told me he parked his truck. He was Ubering these days. He's got bad eyesight now. But when he parked his truck at his house, he saw something move through the rearview mirror behind him, and it walked right by. And he could see the hips uh, as it walked, you know, in his scope of view from the mirror, which means it was really tall. And he was in a pickup truck, and he could see the hips. So he got out of his truck. And he was pretty alarmed. He was telling me all about it. Then he pointed at, uh, showed me where it went running off through the woods behind his house. And it was tall. It was a big lizard. It was the scape or lizard man, apparently. Uh, so, you know, I didn't see that one myself, but from his description, it sounded very similar to the second version of these things I've seen. And, you know, I've had other illuminations into where they exist, what they do, how they function. And, uh, you know, that's all stuff I didn't talk about a long time ago. I just didn't. I, I talked about it with uh, between ourselves and people like us 
uh, people that have had experiences, even if not the same type of thing, but similar. Uh, you know, I've seen the gray aliens. I, I didn't even mean to see that. That was, uh, I was staying at a friend's house. Uh, she had, it was Donna. She lived in uh, Apple, or not Apple Valley. Uh, Victor, no, not Victorville. Barstow. I knew it was out there. Yeah, and she told me about the gray aliens. She was seeing them in her house all the time. And that's not that I didn't believe her, but I thought, well, I'll stay the night. She told me to come over and sleep in the living room. And I did. I slept on the floor. And I just figured, well, since I'm here, I'm probably not going to see anything. Sure enough, middle of the night, I wake up and uh, I'm paralyzed. And I have this, this sense of fear wash over me, kind of a sense of fear and dread. And as I woke up, I couldn't open my eyes and I couldn't move. And it was really a weird feeling. If you've had a lot of people out there, especially abductees or contactees, have had had that uh, sleep paralysis. Um, I pried my eyes open just like that, as hard as I could get my muscles to move. I forced my eyes open. And there were four of these grays staring down at uh, my face, laying on the floor there. And that's a very alarming thing to see. And, you know, the first thing I, I thought was, you know, I guess she's right about that. And uh, I forced myself to roll over. I was going to get up and kind of deal with this, but they vanished. And, you know, how they go and what they what they do and how they disappear. You don't see a big flash of light or beams going in and out. They're just gone. And I've got a, I've got, I've got a book that thick. I don't have a book, but if I wrote a book, it would be that thick of the experiences I've had and the things we've seen, you and me together, the things uh, other people have seen that are similar to that. And uh, now I don't want to believe me. That's fine. I'm not here to convince anyone. I think about it as the people that have had these experiences, you know, you can't be afraid to talk about it. The government's coming out with videos, showing videos of aircraft not from this world flying around, captured by... Uh, uh, or video capture on video by Air Force and or Navy jets, things like that. There's all these videos out there now. Lots of stuff circulating that they're just really not even trying to hide or cover up anymore. So, you know, as the truth comes out, the less I feel like keeping it secret. Well, I'm going to respond now in, in the context of truthers that are all over the physical layer of reality and what's going on in the bankers and the WEF and on and on and on, who, for whatever reason, haven't and are refused to venture into the areas we we're talking about. Um, well, there, I don't know if it's because, you know, because experiences and they don't want to lose their followers by talking about them. Or maybe they haven't. I personally haven't had, uh, to the best of my knowledge and memory, any alien experiences per se, but a lot of negative entity type things. However, before I ever knew either of you, I've had aircraft sightings, multiple. And since Craig and I have been together, we have seen all sorts of things. We, hardly a night goes by that we don't see something in the sky if we're out there. I can't think of a time that we haven't seen something. And it, it goes, it boils down to openness. And either people are going to choose to open and say, okay, there sure is an awful lot of people that have had experiences. And there's also a lot of people who haven't had alien experiences, 
but are open to it and, and understand that it's a very distinct probability that there are other beings. And then there's this whole dispute between negative entities or demons and aliens. The people think it has to be either or. Well, no. Those that, that understand de uh, demons and possessions and things like that, they work through humans. Well, the truth of the matter is they can work through aliens too. They do work through aliens. They're, they're just another species of intelligent, sentient being. And it's not an either-or issue. It's both exist. Now, it is true that some very powerful regressive entities can present as aliens if they so choose. And, but on the flip side of that, there are aliens who can present as demonic-type beings they can do all sorts of things so those that if at this stage of the game haven't at least opened themselves to a high probability or high possibility of other life forms based on all the information that we're exposed to now they just don't want to know and they're in for a very rude awakening at some point as things continue unfolding during the time of transition, as we get really close to the transition point, the convergence point where this epoch literally expands and goes into the next era. All sorts of strangeness. People think things are strange now. We're just seeing the very tip of the iceberg in terms of high strangeness and people are going to be exposed very quickly to more and more of the fourth D coming back in. Experience that on a pretty regular basis. Telltale signs. I've had a number of experiences based on time glitches and different objects and things that I've seen that are not of the 3D world, but bleed through. Um, because most people don't even realize, I should say, remember that this world in its original form, the lowest density dimension was the fourth dimension. This whole third density dimension is an outflow of the regression and devolution of human consciousness, consciousness because we're the creators of this world. We're the ones who, um, by thoughts and emotions and actions, is how we get the external world. And it begins with what's going on with us. And I've heard many people say, you know, this is now, this is a battle for the soul. This is a war on consciousness. And truer words, you know, haven't been spoken. And the first battle that most people have to fight, so to speak, is the battle that's going on within. Because that's what's being reflected all around us. And that involves a and whether you get my book or use others, I don't care, but get to work. Um, if you haven't done bucket loads of shadow work by now, and it's ongoing, by the way. It's not like you arrive somewhere. This is ongoing because just taking COVID as an example, and now the aftermath of the, um, <laughs> the kill shots, I'm going to say it. <laughs> the aftermath of all this, there's more trauma more upset that people have to address. So 
it's about opening up and those who don't open up are in for a world of hurt and maybe a really quickly passing from this planet out of sheer shock of what's going to be coming. And like I said, there's various reasons that some of these people aren't. I think some of them intentionally don't address it because they aren't what they present themselves to be. And I think they are, you know, controlled opposition, even if they didn't start out that way. They're now bought other than what they're told to talk about um, or not to step past a certain line. But it's 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 really down to the wire now. And either people are going to see it or they're not. And it's up to us not to convince them, but to <laughs> but to let them see to the best of our ability how we are moving through this in ways that don't compromise our convictions and our knowings and understandings of truth and where we need to be in all of this. And that's what it's all about. It's standing strong. And the more inner work, the more foundational work that we do, the more we'll be and the more we embody and identify with what we really are. That's the foundation that we need. That's where our strength is going to come from. And that's, in a way, that's what we've been shown for so long, especially now with so much um, technology, whether human sourced or alien sourced, getting more and more advanced and you know, military forces and all that. This is not a battle, just like in, throughout history. This battle is not going to be won on the physical level. We have to take action on this level. We have to take steps. And there might be some unpleasant steps, but unpleasant is groundwork, basically. Yeah. The uh, overcome what's happening here is definitely going to be higher dimensional. It's going to be partly uh, like, uh, I guess, like Obi-Wan, you know, you have to leave the body, you have to get out uh, of the physical form and when we're in that realm, when we're through the veil, we're on the other side, we're going to have more power and more ability. And my, my sense on this is that everyone is sitting on their hands over there. Like, uh, when we cross over, yeah, they're sitting over there. They're letting this just happen over here. And I don't think they want to mess with it. I think, uh, you know, they, they're aware of the suffering that goes on here. Some of the incredible, heinous evil that happens in this dimension on this planet, however you want to explain it. And I think they're not really doing it as much over there as they could be to be combating it. You know, and they got this whole thing, everybody wants to talk about free will and whatever. And I'm like, you know, when I get to that other side, I think that's when I'm really going to be able to push some kind of a tidal wave back over this way to really absorb that evil and take it out of this realm and out of this planet. And I'm not sure what's going to be left of it. There's going to be a merging of some sort, but it's gone so unchecked for so long. And it's at such a disturbing level of evil. You know, the stuff that that happens, we don't even really talk about openly as much because nobody would believe it. It sounds so fantastical. And, you know, they look at these smiling faces of these people we would accuse and uh, they just don't believe it because, 
yourself because you yourself wouldn't do those kind of things doesn't mean other people aren't going to do those kind of things and then clean themselves up and put on a suit and come out and uh, and wave at the cameras because that's exactly what they do. So. Well, speaking of that, hello, Zinky. <laughs> oh, um, carrot. On my <laughs> a carrot cat. But that brought to mind when you're saying that is the reason people can't see the evil and they refuse to accept it is because they refuse to look and see their own shadow, their own potential for darkness. If you can't accept it in here, you cannot understand and accept it out there. Well, exactly. And that's where they get uh, this belief that nobody is really that evil. And right, because I, I wouldn't do those things. Well, no. uh, you, you probably haven't, at least in this lifetime. Well, the monsters are here. But They're you real. have the potential for it. Everyone has to own that. And they have to, the potential. Just to interject for a second, there has been ample opportunity now in the last two years for people to give vent to that inner authoritarian, whether it's oh, yeah. policing others for not wearing masks, policing others for uh, not social distancing, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Those latent authoritarian characteristics were, were there all along, but because they refused uh-huh. to work through their shadow, it now manifests because their mortality is they're told their mortality is stake is at stake, and so they're lashing out. And the only way they can retain some semblance of control is to be this authoritarian control freak. And we see them not only in the institutions, the bureaucracies, but at the street, the grassroots level. And All so, friends. what we see with these people, I, I I feel that have their limitations, trying to keep it at the surface level. They're trying to impose their will in. in quite an authoritarian fashion. When you read the, the virtue signaling comments, they make, this is a psyop, that's a distraction. Uh, well, if it's a distraction, then why are you getting distracted? Right? Yeah. And, and <laughs> why are you also, talking about giving your yeah. Yeah. Yes. And also, the, the notion of the reptilian alien control system, the onus is not, no longer on us to provide proof. The onus is upon those who say there's no such thing as aliens, it's all a distraction, it's all a psyop. They're the ones that need to prove, provide the evidence that aliens and reptilians don't exist. You know what? They can't do it. They can't do it. All they they can do is all they can do is be dismissive. That's all they can do. They can't disprove what Um, we're saying. They're the ones that don't understand and see it. Like you said, the onus, the burden of proof is on them. And in this case it would be disproof. Well, and I know for a fact that uh, I've got work to do here. I've got things to do. We've come to this planet, yourself included, and me, many others. We're You know, we've been talking about this. We've been, you and me have been to numerous uh, conventions, talks, support groups, whatever you want to call it. Everything we've done since the mid-90s and we just kept wondering, all this stuff was going to happen. It sounded good. It sounded plausible. We we knew who was talking about doing this stuff, and they weren't just playing. But then it never happened. It never happened. It never, and all of a sudden, it happened. And we had to sit up straighter and take notice and go, crap, this is real now. It's really happening. And from March 17th, 2020, we knew all this was going down. And, in fact, I was even a little wrong at first. I thought... Which of the many things 
that we heard about all these years ago were they going to do? Which direction were they going to go? Because there were several. And I didn't realize they were doing all of it. (laughs) And then about a year later, we're like, they are just doing everything that we heard about, everything we've ever talked about. You and me just sitting in uh, Arizona, Charlie's having steak and eggs at 2.30 in the morning. You know, we were talking about this stuff when no one was talking about it. And we were learning about it before anyone knew about it. And we just didn't have anything to do with the information. And, but we have something to do. We're here at this time. You know, my this is not my preferable age to be dealing with this kind of battle. But apparently, I had to get to this point uh, mentally and my, my mental maturity to awaken myself and to grow from everything that I already knew when I awakened in my 20s to it. And now I'm, I'm actually more prepared than ever. And I'm fit, I'm healthy, I'm living my best life. Anne's with me, we're out here, we're, she's living her best life. We, we're really doing some amazing things. And we're actually free to go in these directions now and explore that. And we know that when our life is over, that's when the fun's really going to begin. Because we're heading out from here, and we're going to bring back the troops. And when I get over there, there ain't going to be no hands sitting. I think part of the reason they're sitting on their hands is because we're here. See, that's what I wanted to interject. That just came to me when Craig was talking about this um, a minute ago. Part of the reason that there's a lot of hands sitting on the other side of the veil is because so many of us, including you, James, so many of us have been trapped here. And they've been waiting for us, so to speak, to come back to what we were and what we always accomplished before. Yeah. We can get more into that in the second half for the subscribers. But we've been entrapped here in this whole reincarnation trap for I don't know how many lifetimes. I don't feel like I've been here um, as many times as I once thought, but way longer than uh, I wanted to be and meant to be. And I'm not certain whether I came through um, because I thought I could take it on despite the memory thing, or I didn't realize the memory erasing traps. I don't know how I got stuck in all this. And I take responsibility for it. This isn't about saying that I was a completely innocent victim. I feel it was more a result of perhaps some battles we were involved in or something. But... um, Maybe we're taking hostage or prisoners, or we thought we could take things on, sneak in here, but they pulled a bait and switch on, on us. Uh, we got placed into. <laughs> oh, Craig! <laughs> Couldn't resist. Live from our two studios, um, but I think that's part of it. The the. The apathy on the other side, they've been missing us. They've been waiting for us, which is not good either. They, uh, there hasn't been enough initiative on that side because there is. You have to understand how the universe works, you know, as above, so below, literally. The hermetic principle, as within, so without. We talked about that earlier. But um, as above, so below, as below, so above, meaning the different realms, the higher density dimension realms. And so the apathy that we see here or just the ignorance, whatever it is, is going on where we came from, not just here. And I think it has a lot to do with there are so many of us 
that perhaps were in leadership roles that got captured or we misstepped, you know, or the bait and switch thing. We got tricked, but we're still responsible. And we're here instead of there where we came from. Or we could be the most effective against preventing the what's most happening effective, here right. and other places like this. But for whatever reason, we're here. And once again, I'm going to say, and I've said this before, so many of the new cagers and others in the periphery of that, that I'm full on, they're always saying, this is the earth school. And I call BS. It's not a school. It's a, this, is never, this was no way designed to be a learning and growth place. However, those of us who've been on this journey know that with every challenge or setback, there is a growth opportunity there. There's always something to learn. There's always a way to keep us progressing and moving beyond all of this. But it was never since the usurper. That wasn't on their little checklist on the agenda. That, gee, we're going to set this up so, you know, the people that come through here are going to learn. So I was like, that's complete crap. <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. I had to go turn up the air conditioner, and it was up in the hallway next to the James Rooms. <laughs> I just took Zinky with me. <laughs> okay. That was fun. Thanks for doing that, uh, by the way. Uh, and yeah. the <laughs> there is this notion, and we hear it from a lot of people, uh, well-meaning people, people who want to make a difference, that they haven't got all their ducks in a row. They haven't dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's. Uh, they're... They lament the fact that they may not be where they want to be geographically, emotionally, financially, as far as interrelationship, uh, interpersonal relationships are concerned. But what I would say is we all have to have to start somewhere, right? We all have to start at some point and no better time, and I'm not going to use their term of a reset, but there's no time to draw a line at his hand, step over it. And decide, okay, from this point onward, I'm in the creative mode. It may not seem that I have all the resources and, and the finances and all the other uh, things that, that I require at this time to hand. But we get into a creative mode. We begin to bring that into our experience. A big part of that is just recognizing the propaganda, recognizing the disinformation, recognizing the fear-mongering, and moving past it, bouncing around what I perceive to be enemy strongholds. We've reached a point now where, as far as I'm concerned, if a person wants to keep researching, speaking out about the surface-level manipulation, that's fine. But they cross the line when they say, there's no aliens, that's all a psyop, this is all disinformation. Because if you look at intentions and capabilities, which I talk about a lot, the whole nature of intelligence work is determining the intentions and capabilities of a foe or a potential foe. We know from these treatments, so-called, they've loaded people up, countless people with graphene, nano-operating uh, systems, uh, nanolipid hy uh, hydrogel, hydras, uh, they're a transceiver, they, they seem to be sending out signals, et cetera, et cetera. So it's clear, abundantly clear, that the powers that want to be have said, okay, well, we're going to pull out all the stops. We're taking this to the next level. So if people continue to look at this like, like this is strictly 
like like a, a human problem. Despite the fact, this is one of those incongruities, uh, uh, Marianne and Craig, where they will readily admit and at times uh, bemoan the fact that these so-called hybridized elite, I don't like to call them elite, but these hybridized plantation managers, that they have all these onerous characteristics, uh, sadism, sadistic cruelty. Uh, they're into the most heinous things that we can imagine, not only uh global human trafficking, but off-world even, and uh, underworld trafficking, uh, because it, as you know, it involves multiple species, not just hybridized reptilian humans. So when they reach that limitation in their own uh, mental processes, and a lot of it has to do with serious energetic blocks, where oh, yeah. I would, at this point, I would say, at this point, I would say there is some kind of entity interference with people who, who who insist on saying that this is strictly only humans, there are no aliens, no UFOs, nothing that's all a psyop. There are entities working through those people. Because what we've seen, especially with the rollout of these treatments, is the voices inside people, the intrusive thoughts have become louder, more insistent. And uh, we were talking in the recent past how, uh, you know, people that, you know, are making a decision about a simple purchase, you know, buying buying some consumer item. Something that they could really need in the not too distant future, all these excuses pop up only not only in their their minds, but if they're even willing to, to take the plunge to buy needed products and services to to as much as possible ensure their survival, at least prolong their existence. There are people around them, their significant others, family members, the voices start rising and speaking to them. Why are you doing this? Why are you buying this? Why are you doing something that may have some benefit for you in, in these uncertain times to come? So that's just a grassroots example of what I feel is ha- has been going on with a lot of these big-name surface-level researchers. There's no doubt in my mind at this point that if they are absolutely – it's one thing if they just, like I said, focus on the surface, that's fine. I'm not going to do anything to say, um, you know, curtail their uh, right to free speech. And I'm not going to say, oh, they're, they're just sinful because they're not talking about what we're talking about. We each have our own bailiwick. We each have our own specialty, right? We see and we are knowledgeable about this particular subject. But when they start crossing that line and being authoritarian and trying to impose their will on others, that's when, yeah. to me, they're no longer researchers. They're no longer truthers. To me, they're part of the enemy system. To me, they're part of the matrix. They're part of the to, me, they're, to me, they're the enemy. They're upholding it. Yes. There are, quote, enemies. And they were just freak. Just, if we were to say that to them directly, because they think they're heroes and they're doing good. And it's like, well, you know, the old expression, the road to hell is paved with good intentions by good people and just they say well I'll just keep doing this because I don't want to deal with the other stuff or I'm not sure about it and so I'll just keep doing this well no that's evil too it's evil and they don't understand that they're doing something to up to keep up creating reinforcing strengthening the matrix yes Essentially, yeah, hold that thought. I like your thoughts on this too, Craig, because they're essentially no different than 
the these authoritarian figures in, in the medical system, in, in the uh, political system, uh, all across the board, uh, in the corporations, they are seeking to impose their will. See, I'm not going to just push my my knowledge and wisdom about reptilians and 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 non-human life forms and everyone else because frankly most aren't ready for it at this stage they can take baby steps they can you know delve into and look into certain aspects that they're comfortable with i.e the uh the slur video from um, you know, the military pilots etc cetera, etc cetera. that's an entry level uh right you know research effort if you ask me but they got us again you have to start somewhere there has to be a starting point that's fine but what we're seeing now is this authority, this authoritarianism that's coming out yeah. within the so-called truth community itself. The oil is starting to separate from the water. We're starting to see who the authoritarians are in the uh, the so-called truth community. And Craig, you know, take it in any direction you want. Well, the the enemies made themselves very, very clear and well known. They're taking what they think is the high ground approach. They're pretending they're the, uh, what's that word for thinking you're the bomb, but you're not. But uh, they're thinking that they are uh, superior, superior. that they have some kind of a a superior, morally superior approach to everything that's happening. And the the fact is that people like us, people that have been, uh, you know, not even uh, into the alien thing, but just people that are, are awake to the whole COVID scam are aware that everything they say is a lie. The way they lie to get people to comply, the way they get people to take the stupid injections, poisoning themselves, basically committing suicide uh, by doctor, they're, they're the enemy. They're lying to everyone. And some of us are aware of it, and we just see right through it. They don't care that we see right through it. They know we see right through it. They know those of us that are awake, but our voices are, are ignored easily by the censored. heavily fluoridated. Yeah. yeah, we're censored. We're shoved out. And people rely so heavily on the news and the media and uh, their politicians. All of a sudden, those people are, are somehow trustworthy. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, that's what's scary because the enemy is making itself very well known and they've declared war on us. They've declared war, you know, even in, in like the, the smaller realm of things in the smaller scope on the conservatives or the Trumpers or whatever you want to call it, however you want to bag those everybody, you know, I'm neither, I'm neither. I, I like Trump in the beginning, but, he, he failed. He let everybody down. He, he didn't do what he said he was going to do. He's a false liar. He wasn't able to do it, maybe. I don't know what all, what it all comes down to. It doesn't matter to me. He's out of the picture, as far as I'm concerned. It didn't happen. It's all part of a big scheme. It's all part of a big game. They're all chess pieces on the board being moved around. And they've declared war against us. They've told on us so very levels. clearly that we're, we're their enemy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I guess you're right, because... Um, yeah, if you're going to have this communist globalist agenda, you know, that's that's the nice way of putting it without all the extra layers we could add on to that. Then, yeah, I'm uh, I'm an enemy to that. So if that's if that's what you're doing to this country and if that's what you're doing to this world, you can bet there's plenty of people out there more than happy to be your enemy because we're not going to sit down and take it. And 
if you're going to de declare war on us, you're going to do these things to us. You're going to impose laws and rules on us that, that are illegal and um, totally against natural law to begin with, let alone the Constitution. Then they're going to have a fight on their hands. They're pushing this towards civil war. And that is what I see is coming. The revolutionary aspect was, was the first thing I looked at. I thought maybe you know more revolution was going to be needed, but that wasn't formulating, and it's not going to be left with as a state of civil war, at least in the United States. And worldwide, people are uprising everywhere. How far they get with that before it gets quelled is hard to imagine. I don't know how far the Dutch are going to get. Or Italy or Poland or any of them, they're protesting right now. They're doing protests, but you can't just protest. Protests Not don't enough. work. Protests are never enough. If you really want to make a difference, and when it's this kind of a stranglehold on your neck, protesting is meaningless. You need to take actions. And people are slowly starting to get there. They're slowly starting to get that idea. And that's, uh, that's probably all we're going to be able to do in this realm is fight back. I don't think there's going to be a lot of winning involved. This is number three, Moon Puff. She's come up to visit. She's a little ham. And, um, but yeah, that, that's what we're facing. We're facing a very serious state of worldwide civil war, possibly leading to nuclear war, possibly some kind of a mass annihilation, probably wiping out most people on Earth. Or if that doesn't get done, if, if the globalists somehow regain, I don't even know if they've really lost it, but if they regain their control and they really manage to do everything that they're planning on doing, that we know they're doing, that everything they say they're going to do, if they manage to pull all that off, kept in good, obedient slaves, then the only thing we have left to do is bring the battle from the other side. That's uh, that's about the direction I think it's heading. And I'm going to do what I have to do here, whatever that is that we have to do as a group, as individuals, whatever we're here for, we're going to do. And then when we're done here, we're going to get that started on that side and we're going to do what we have to do from that end. Well, people, it's at the point where people need to realize, you know, this sounds tried maybe, but do what you can to take care of your mortality. But you better be thinking about your soul or yeah. whatever you call that. That's what's really at stake. And that's what they've been after all along. That's what they feed off of. That's what they, um, you know, the high density energies produced by our, not, not just the physical genome, you know, the life force, the chi, the prana. But the soul's energetic genome, the really high density density energies, as opposed to life force chi prana energies, they're both siphoned and used. But people need to be thinking about the soul. It doesn't whether you're religious or not. If you're a normal human being, you know, even some hybrid, it's like you still have a soul, and you better start getting your soul in order. Um, this body's going to go at yeah. some point. Your fighting tool is your soul. Yeah, and that's what empowers this avatar to perform at its highest level here. 
in the ways that we can do things here. But people who, truthers or whoever, who reject that aspect of themselves are in serious deep doo-doo. <laughs> you know, acknowledge that. Level, the, the, the more level, I'm just trying to save this body. And that's all good and noble, you know, if you're trying to save your family, you know, your children or whatever. That's oh, that's good. But what the kids need to see is that those that are you know, old enough just to kind of start explaining to you is this is a battle for our souls. A true spiritual warrior is indeed that, exactly. Now, you can be a warrior here within spirit, with your spirit, with your force, with your own source energy, that is using your spirit energy to be a warrior here. But a spirit warrior, when you're done here, you have to be like, all right, I'm leveling up. And you've got to be ready for that. You've got to be able to grasp that, not be afraid of it, not go, oh, God, I'm dying. And, you know, my time is up. I'm going to miss everyone, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know that all goes through your head. It'll probably go through mine a little. But if your soul is properly prepared, death is meaningless. You're letting go of this. Death like, of this body. I'm done. Kick that car to the curb. I don't need it. I'm moving up. And be ready to cross over. Be ready to do the, the thing you need to do there. Be ready to get back to it. If we're somehow forced to kind of recycle here, or if there's some mechanism in place that's trying to recycle you, you got to avoid that. You got to move through it. You got to move to the other side to the real other side don't fall for any tricks along the way you've got to get there and you've got to regain your power and that is a spiritual warrior you will be the spirit form that you were always that you've always been before you were this you were that and you're going to be that again like it or not that's that's how it works and you're going to be able to come back here and then we're really hard to kill because you can't <laughs> you can't it's, it's it's called being eternal. Which that's is, what they fear. That's what they fear the heck out of us. They're so afraid of us. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing all these things. And all these things are ramping up because they know they're running out of time. And they're scared to death that there are going to be enough of us awake and understanding some of the stuff that we're talking about today. And... We don't even have to know. This is something, a point I really want to make. We don't even have to know exactly yet what it is we are to do. What I, I, I work from a place of, I know exactly what I need to know to do when I need to. I, I just know that. And the same thing when I cross over. Um, I will not interact with any of the false light and all of that. Uh, I just won't, there won't be any interaction. I just know my soul. I will know where I need to be and yeah. I'll be there in an instant. I don't have to worry about, oh, I'm afraid of the light or this and that. And it's like, no, it's not that. It's just, I know I will know. I'll remember in an instant and I'll be there exactly where I need to be, with whom I need to be, and be doing what I need to be doing. None of this layover crap and the bardo and the in between worlds crap. That's all lies. It amazes me the number of people, really great people, who still haven't moved past that. To you know that that we're somehow paranoid because we 
know that the reincarnation cycle is a trap. Most of those experiences, you, you, I've, I've watched videos on YouTube, a lot of people have, or shows on Netflix talking about near-death experiences and what I experienced. And as far as I'm concerned, the majority of those, I haven't seen them all, so I can't say all, but the majority of those are, are, are just BS. They're lies fed to you by them on that side. Those, those are the gatekeepers that are trying to keep you from getting out, trying to put you back into the matrix. So they put you back here if you're not quite ready to cycle out. And, you know, they give you all that feeling of love and wonderfulness and blah, blah, blah. And they really uh, give, they put on the show. They put on a great show. So all these people, they come back, I'm not afraid of death. I know so-and-so is going to be there waiting for me. And that's all lies. None of that's happening. When you get out of here, you blow past all those smiling faces because they're not real. You need to blow off all of the light, all of the things that you think you see, you're going to know the real thing, you, and there, it might be a light. There might be some lights to head towards. I'm not, I'm not sure. I've heard stories. But you're going to know what you need to do, and you're going to know what you're seeing when you see it, and you're going to have every opportunity to get out, and you can move at the speed of thought, not the speed of light. Not the speed, the speed of, of light crap. Yeah. Right. Get and out, if, blow past them, don't be talking. Well, if you look at the results thus garnered, people that go through that whole process of reincarnation, clearly, and this is – Part of the reason, a big part of the reason, I, I feel, why the school, this is a school meme, right? Why it's so effective. Because it, it, it provides an excuse or a reason why we're back in an archontically controlled system. So what lessons are we to learn if we keep coming back and the control system is more harsh, more oppressive, more panoptic, and more extreme? Yeah. And there's a we difference learned. between what we're talking about we don't want to be a martyr. We're not talking about that. Okay, we're no, not talking not about uh, the, the, you know, like the mentality of, of these uh, uh, jihadists, for example, right? Uh, you know, and uh, martyrdom is pointless. It's yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not exactly. Them. We're not talking about that. What we're talking about is okay. an acceptance that our time will come. The clock is ticking. Yeah. We're all going to shed this mortal coil. Here's the difference. Yeah. Many people know I'm a student of military history. That, that's what I do. The difference between us, let's say, and just you know, randomly pull you know, events out of a hat. Say, say the Marines on Okinawa trying to take Half Moon Hill, trying to take Sugarloaf Hill, getting slaughtered from, from interlocking fields of fire, multiple machine gun posts out of caves, being shot at from the front, behind, underneath. Those Marines there on Sugarloaf Hill, they didn't stand a chance, okay? And, and I look at, like, like the Marines who, um, the Amtraks at the invasion of Okinawa, they ran aground. They should have known that those reefs were there, but they didn't because they didn't do proper reconnaissance. So those Marines, heavily laden with up to 120 pounds of gear, had to wade through chest-deep water for several hundred yards, machine gun swept water. Many of them died before they even got close to the beach. Many of them stepped into holes and drowned. Well, the point I'm making is they didn't have a chance. We have a chance. Yep. A lot of those paratroopers, Rommel in his, in his prescience, knew that there was going to be an airdrop to help the, uh, the, the, behind the invasion beaches. So what did he do? Like a good general, he flooded vast areas. So when the paratroopers dropped, many of them landed in swamps, which they didn't know were there, and drowned. 
Again, point being is they didn't have a chance, right? We have a chance. And if we just make it a point and say, I'm at peace, whatever way I'm going to shed this mortal coil, whatever way, whatever sequence of events and circumstances which will lead to my passing over, I accept that. And when we accept that, that's a level of freedom that... It is the epitome of freedom. It is the epitome of freedom because you're no longer yeah. operating on, on a fear yeah, vibration. Right. It'll be exciting if you if you're open to it and you you've done what you needed to do here. And when your time comes, it, you're going to realize, all right, I, I must have done everything I needed to do because I'm out now. That's if right. You have long enough to process that, but you know, move on to the next step. Trying to be a martyr is. Like I said, anybody that's worshiping martyrs is wasting their time. It's like don't, don't, don't uh, recognize that. Be that. You know, do, do your part now. Now it's time for you to step up and do your thing. Everybody fights, and we fight till we we can't, and we'll overcome the evil at some point. I know it's going to come at a great cost, an enormous cost to this planet and the people on it. Um, but from the other side, that wave's going to wash back. You know, right now the waters pulling out to sea just like in a tsunami it's going off the beach it's going out further than it ever goes before that's where we're at right now with that and that battle that uh the evil on this planet the globalists are bringing to us they're worried about that because they know that water is going to come back and hit hard if they don't do what they need to do and even if they do what they need to do they're still going to lose well, as evil as they are, they fully understand natural law and how that works, the principles of co-creation. And they know, and they've been skirting the whole balancing process, for example. Trying we'll, to cheat it. And, and we'll get into this more detail in the second half. I don't know how much I should say on this side. But uh, reincarnation cycle is a big part of that, um, how it's doled out and the kind of karma that people are taking on. I'll delve more into that in the next hour. But this, they play the whole consenting. People say, well, why are they always, why are they always making the movies about this? And why are they always saying things now? Like a dub, the WEF, all the things that they, they put out there on the CDC and the WHO websites in plain sight for anybody who's half, you know, even slightly curious to see what they're really about. Well, that's part of the consent process. And from their perspective, if they put it out there, no matter how much they kind of hide it behind a fictional movie plot, oh, yeah. if only a few people ever see it, it's like, well, boom, you know, we've got their consent. Because we have the consent primarily because they have the consent of the, quote, minions that they've put in place here so they have their consent and it's like okay we're going to put this other stuff out and gee if that movie's out there it doesn't matter if people haven't seen it or even those who have see it, seen it and write the movie content all oh that's just pure fiction that was just a movie but the whole consent thing that's part of the code of conduct for reality you have to get the aware consent of somebody that you're trying to impose your ideologies upon, your energies, your beliefs. That's part of the code of conduct. 
and this is how they think they're skirting it. It's going to catch up with them. Yeah, the inevitable. consent doesn't count. They don't get that. They think it counts, but it doesn't. But they buy time, and I'll get into that, too, with the whole karma thing in a lot of situations. They bought themselves millennia of time, and some of them have put themselves in stasis to avoid things, and they just have their minions doing stuff for them. But there's all sorts of little tricks of the trade that they know because they know natural law so intimately. They know it. Now, what they don't seem to ever remember to get is at some point, it's all going to catch up with them. They forget that part. They're so caught up in themselves and their power that they forget what they do know. It's like, well, you get so regressive. You regress to the point where you can only feed on the energies of others, like full-on demon, for example then there's no going back. You get so regressed that you just disappear into oblivion. Unexpressed wholeness of consciousness. You're gone. There is no you anymore. The same thing happens on the flip side. When you progress to the point where you would never backtrack again, you just keep moving forward and expanding and growing and enabling others to expand and grow, you also end up and get to the point of oblivion wherein you're just reabsorbed by the unexpressed consciousness. Well, I don't know about you. I'd rather take that path (laughs) than the path, the other path, because it's wrought with increasingly intense suffering and pain and cruelty and desperation. And that's not a route I want to take. Well, the, the, uh, I have a backwardsness of it seems totally normal to them now. It does. I mean, if you noticed, everything they do is completely backwards. Inverted. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. If it's the most wrong thing they can think to do, that's what they do. It's ridiculous. And they they have reasons for doing it that way, but to them it seems normal. And that, that's why everybody else is looking at them like their head fell off. Like, how can you make such a decision that is going to be so detrimental to society. and But they do. It's for two reasons. One, they think it's normal. And two, they know uh, the means to the end that it's, it's going to bring. They know it's con- contribution for every little thing they do like that. They know how it's going to affect things towards their agenda. Well, and other con- contributing factors to what you just said is um, many if not most of these beings are soulless or their soul is so completely and utterly splintered. It's like Humpty Dumpty. There's no putting it back together again. And people need to understand that too. If you haven't done conscious soul retrieval work to reconnect those pieces of you that have been splintered that occur through every time you've been traumatized in your life and in all your lifetimes, going back through and connect, getting, and don't go to somebody else to do it. You have to do this process yourself. Self-responsibility, reclamation, retrieval of your soul. And you can do that by retracing every traumatic event you've ever experienced. Everything that you can remember in this, beginning from your earliest memories, and even back in other lifetimes, if you have that benefit, if you understand and remember some of your other lifetimes. And the trauma. And you go back, and it's about, you know, the whole inner child thing. It's about 
going back and telling that soul that but first you have to be healed enough to do it or that splinter of you won't come back it won't trust you that it's safe to come back and be with you again because it left because it no longer felt safe it was a protection mechanism that's why the soul splinters when it is so traumatized so brutalized that it literally can't cope it wasn't designed to take that the soul is re, as durable as it is is not designed to take the kind of trauma and horrific abuse that it has suffered in this reality so it splinters and it, it goes to other places and sometimes even if you've done the, the healing work it doesn't know yet that it's safe to come back home so you got to go get yourself <laughs> and put yourself and when you do that work and it does take time and energy and it can be very emotional but it's so healing and you feel this wholeness so many people are feeling you know some of the symptoms of soul splintering and that you need to do soul retrieval work it's that you're feeling so hopeless now or you feel so disconnected and i don't mean detached in a healthy way but you feel utterly disconnected and with people in your life with the world at large and we're all feeling a little bit of that right now. Sometimes it seems so real. Yeah. But disconnect and healthy detachment are two different things. Many people are suffering that feeling of disconnect. And that means part of you is not in its, it's you're not in your wholeness. And so that's a key step. And I give that away for free. Soul retrieval work combined with inner child work. You know, you could combine timeline work with going back and literally sitting down and speaking with that aspect of you when you were six years old and one of your parents <clears throat> beat you the hell out of you with a belt, part of you left. And so you go back to that, that little child in you as you were in that moment and you sit down and you have a talk and you let them know that it's safe to come home. Because you're still you. You're still you. But you're acknowledging that aspect of you at that moment in time was so traumatized that it had to leave. And you, it needs to be reassured to bring you back in, to reintegrate all the pieces of you. And it's a, it makes a huge difference. It's a life-altering thing. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I've had, I went to so-and-so and they did a soul retrieval. I've had too many people come to me say that they've had all this, that work, something that process done for them or they've had their chakras removed and everything's gotten all these things coming to me and it's like well no you just kind of got jacked around you need to do this yourself it's called taking self-responsibility which is the foundational pillar of self-mastery yes it's the foundational pillar of all that self-responsibility and that means doing your own work on you and towards the ultimate goal, you're getting to the point where you identify with what you really are, a soul, and bringing that into your day-to-day -day living and life, doing the work on a day-in, day-out basis, and sometimes it can get tricky, mm -hmm. and relationships are the best way of all to help you get all your little triggers out, the things that you still hold. You get really nuanced things at this point. You start getting... Oh, there's that little scrap of this left over here. That little piece of trauma.
Yeah, that was a trigger. It wasn't you. You spoke a trigger or you did something that triggered me. But it's my crap. It's my past stuff. A little bit of trauma that I still haven't resolved. And you just do a little bit every day. Live your life. Do a little bit every day. But it's it can seem overwhelming at first when you really get into this stuff. But I cannot tell you how quickly you will make progress. And when you build that, when you clean house, then there's room for soul to extend more fully into this body. So the ultimate goal is re-identification with what you really are. And this body is a tool and an instrument for just this reality in this moment, at this time during the epoch. That's all it is. It's a tool that was given and as distorted and corrupt as it is, it's still amazing as hell what you can do through this body. But re-identification from the true self towards the ultimate goal of embodiment and bringing that back into this body. And then you'll know your own power. That's, that's pretty incredible. That's your best protection. That's your best, That's your wisdom. No one out there will be able to touch you. Right. You don't think about what you need to do. You just know and do because it's not you, Marianne, doing it. You're not the doer. And you'll notice a lot of people won't even be able to see you in a sense. Where are you're, you? you're outside their realm of influence at that point. When you're up to that level, or yeah, they can't mess with you. There's nothing they can do to you. And you know, if they try, if they upstart, you can shut them down and send them running real easily. And you just know you can, and that's what happens. We've done that We've seen it many times. We're literally people, especially when we're together, and we're together most of the time. Oh, now. we've laughed people off. We it's have ridiculous just, we realize they can't even see us, oh. literally. And that's a good sign. <laughs> that means that we're making progress, but it's also an indication that some people are so low in frequency and probably devolving even further and it's disheartening to see it as well yeah the vibration can't compare it to yours when you're on this level and you've healed and you've done that work and you've elevated yourself it's just going to happen you can't help it it's and like we're not uh, putting ourselves on a pedestal like we growing. both know that we've got so much well, more everybody was six year old at one time and now you're an adult so you just grew you couldn't you didn't you know you would have grown regardless but it's the same kind of concept as that. Once you've done that work, you just grow, and then you're going to be this. And at the same time, or actually the other side of that coin, being invisible to them is nice. It'll serve you well. It can serve you well. But you can also be as big as you want to be. You can project and when you need when you to be. To. Yeah. Need to. And when you need to be huge, you're going to be huge, and you're going to be scary and then they also won't mess with you. So there's two ways, two ways of work. keeping them from messing with you, and you kind of let them decide which way it's going to be. Yeah. Well, th- th- those are key points because so many of us, uh, at least us, and again, we're a work in progress. We haven't entirely arrived there yet. You spoke of the critical importance of uh, restoring. We, all are, we want to make that clear. We don't, we're not putting ourselves on a pedestal. We are works in progress. We're examples but we're also able to acknowledge, and that's a key part of it, is acknowledging that we're making progress. Yes. And because there's so many people out there that are so indoctrinated, this religious dogma crap. Well, that well, I, I, I've seen they this. They can't even see 
themselves as the potential of them, the highest potential. They, they can't see themselves as something more to begin tapping into that. Gee, maybe there is more to me. And that's why I stress that. It's like, it's good to acknowledge when you are making progress. Yeah. Not about patting yourself on the back, but it's like, this is where I was six months ago, and I can see a difference Feel now. Feel good about it and stand and in the power and, it. and just... And, and be humbled it. by it. Yeah. It's very humbling. It's, it's not an ego thing at all. There's less and less ego, but it's very empowering in a humbling way. Well, we are in this world, but not of it. And so when we begin the process of healing, for example, a single shard of our soul that has been broken off through abuse, uh, repeated abuse over many lifetimes, even regaining and uh, re-assimilating a single shard, if you will, of our soul is empowering. It, It propels us in the direction we need to go because there's no longer the shard out there that is an object of interest or a source of power, quite frankly for these archontic loose generating beings. And um, you know, a quick point I want to make before we, we end this first segment, those are all key points. I've seen myself uh, in my recent travels uh, just how invisible we could be. Even when we're right in front of somebody, uh, like some like someone in a store, and we're, we're asking for help, we're asking for uh, guidance, the level of, I don't know if the accurate description is disinterest, the, the level of um, inattention, if that's a word, how they seem to be able at times to be see, to see through you and not even be able to acknowledge not only that your questions that you have in true customer service fashion, but, but your very existence. You have become, in a very real way, an, an NPC to them. Because they're so detached yes. from their own feelings. From their, 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 yes, they're so detached from their own feelings. They're so shame-based that it's difficult for them even to acknowledge your presence in many ways. And so the, we see this on a very practical level. We get Our, our food orders are wrong. Uh, the instructions that we get uh, in order to download things or to fix things, everything yeah. is heading towards the state of like disillusion dissolution they can't see us because really we're kind of already from their perspective this almost a mirage to them so anyhow we we had an interesting discussion in the first segment Uh, Marianne uh, let us know uh, our listeners and viewers know where they can find your book oh yes once again it's the self-mastery guide book a practical approach to progressive co-creation, and I think that's backwards on the screen. <laughs> She's a mirror. You can. Yeah. <laughs> I should have done a mirror, but it's a self self mastery guide guidebook by Marianne Fisher, and you'll find it on Amazon. And I, I recommend it's a small price to pay. You can get it in if you don't want the hard copy. It's just a few dollars for the PDF. And it's it can change your life. Like I said, it's it's not for the faint of heart. It's for the serious minded who really want to know what they can do to help progress them, not only themselves, but be a true service to others in this process, that they can become that beacon that lights the path for those who are willing to look 
It's not about saving the world, but it's about being compassionate and knowing that by living through example, that that's your best way. Living your truth is the biggest beacon you can put out there for others and to do all of this work with that in mind. It's not just about me, 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 healing me. You have to do that. And you can't be uh, you know, undaunted by the the uh, size of the book. It's a fairly thick book. It's not unusual. It's a fairly normal size. There's so much content in here. I mean, if you're serious about growing, you're serious about a lot of this stuff and all you're getting is new age fluff and you're sick of it, if you want to be smacked around in the face a little bit by your own consciousness, this is the kind of stuff you're going to want to read. Because it's heavy, it's, it's really deep. True. You're going to have to read some parts more than once. Oh, yeah. You have to really spend some time digging through this, and a lot of it's going to resonate with you. A lot of it's going to freak you out. And you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, that is exactly. I've been thinking that. But yeah. I, I didn't know anybody else would know this. La, la, la. That, that's, if you're serious about doing the work, you know, it's like we were talking about earlier. You can't go to somebody else and have them do your homework for you. You won't learn, right? So why would you go have somebody else do your shadow work for you? You can't. And so this is this book is exactly what she says, the guidebook for self-mastery. Self-mastery guidebook. And self-mastery is the path to embodiment. You can take from all the cultures and all of the uh, exoteric, as well as esoteric religions. One has to master oneself first. Self-mastery before you can grow and become embodied again. Self-mastery is the only act. Well, think about yourself as, as this. If your soul is shards, you know, you have splinters out there. It's all fragmented in some sense. You know, maybe you, you, most of you are still whole, but there's some parts out there. And like James was saying, they will pull on those little pieces of your soul but it, they do think about people it like don't this. understand that that they're messing with your fragments too. if you're a, a needle laying there on a tabletop uh it's easy to pick up one needle right it's not hard doesn't hurt but if there is a box full of needles not neatly arranged needles just a pile of crazy needles sticking out everywhere are you going to reach into that box and pick it up no that's your soul when you put those needles all in the box, they can't touch you. It hurts. Right. I like yeah, integration. I, li- I like I that like analogy. Like Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. I like it. Brings it home. I like it. And for our dear listeners out there, um, if you like what we do, if you believe what we do, please go to the cosmicswitchboard.com, sign up and become a member. And also, again, go to the website and uh, obtain information about my upcoming lecture presentation coming on Saturday, July 30th uh, in Las Vegas at the Beacon Center. Okay, Uh, we'll see the members at the top of the next segment.